Happy birthday, Jay-Z. Uh, also, thanks to Frank Vogel, who joined us on the Celebrity Hotline, presented by Morongo, Play It Safe, Good Times. Uh, we always appreciate Coach Vogel. Amin's going to join us at 6, so in 30 minutes, we'll talk more basketball with him, talk some football here. But Jay-Z, 51. How does that make you feel, LZ, that Jay-Z is 51? Man, it's confusing. Why? I, confusing? Because I... Because I don't understand how he's still on top of the game at this late in the stage of his life. Hip hop, out of all the forms of music, maybe other than dance music, just lends itself to young people. And the fact that at 51, he's figured out how to stay on top is absolutely remarkable. Because it's not easy. A lot of, lot of acts by 50. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there has been in doing, you know, reunion shows. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. It um, takes a lot. It takes a special person, especially in hip hop, to well, be relevant he, he, after yeah. forty. But he also got in the business part of it too, which I think changed it. Like he kind of became the Godfather, right? In a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Started with the clothing industry, which was you know groundbreaking. Yeah. And you know from there, you know, but he didn't go the acting route, which yeah. is interesting. And Laura brought up a great point. Go ahead, Laura. Say it. He's awesome live. I've seen him live. He's amazing. In concert. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He is excellent. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, not every concert is great. Like, I went to a Kanye concert, and it was awful. <laughs> like, awful. Like, awful. Yeah. And this was before he was, like, super-duper weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this was, like, like, six years ago, maybe, seven years ago. And it was, like, boring. Like, I'm like. I, I, I find Kanye to be on a Mozart Amadeus level in terms of music composition. And I find him as an artist quite the opposite. <laughs> I'll just right. say it. right. <laughs> like yeah. as a producer and as someone who could put together beats and know how music is supposed to sound, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But when he's the one that's featured in his music, it's right. kind of mediocre. Yeah. I, I wish he... I, you the know, first was album just... was fantastic, and then there was some other good music shortly thereafter, but then you're, as it's progressed, to your point, yes. Yeah, um, it's kind of like... And now he's just, you know, he's whatever it is that he is in this space, right. but yeah. in terms of his ear, his ear is impeccable. A million times over, I would agree with that. Um, so anyway, um, so the Raiders have not been impeccable, LZ, and they're coming nope. off just a thrashing at the hands of the Atlanta Falcons. And now it gets more challenging because Josh Jacobs is not going to play in this game, according to our Adam Schefter. And Jonathan Abrams Uh is also out for the Raiders. And look, Josh Jacobs is the centerpiece of that offense in a lot of ways. Like, Derek Carr has been very good, as we've discussed. He's been, uh, you know, I think really good for them this year. He hasn't turned the ball over very much, right? Like, he has made smart decisions. Um, He has been a leader, Right. And, you know, some of the stuff that we don't we kind of lament about golf. He has been more vocal. Right. Like, I think he has kind of mm-hmm. grown more into that stuff since the you know, it's it was a, there were a couple of years there because of the injury stuff that he wasn't feeling the same way. Or at least it didn't come across the same way. But Josh Jacobs is the centerpiece of that team. And I feel like without him there. I know people think running back is the most replaceable position in the sport, and in the big picture it is. But in the immediacy of it, in a micro sense, when you have a guy that good and you have to downgrade to someone else, it it, it, it can be a little tricky potentially. And I think for a team 
like that, it, that could be challenging. Even, now, I don't think they're going to lose to the Jets, but I think it could be a little closer than you think. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I, you know, you talking about what an offense, and I agree. Um, you know, he is, I don't think, kind of the centerpiece. I think he is the centerpiece of their offense. Mm-hmm. But it's the defense that's given up like 70 points in the last two games. Right. <laughs> so, as, as much as the offense may be missing their star running back, you know, the question of whether or not the Jets game is going to be difficult, I think, is one that starts with their defense, giving up, given, you know, the amount of points they've given up recently. Yeah, I mean, Greg, what do you think? 43 points to the Falcons, man. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, but the Falcons have been playing a lot better under Raheem Morris uh, recently. Like they, uh, they're you, you should, know, they're, ne- but you should you should never give up more points to the Falcons than you do the Chiefs. No, no, I I feel you. I, I'm not just dis- I'm not disagreeing with that. You're right, uh, Greg. You are a Raider fan. How can I mean it's the Jets, so they should win. They should have won fairly easily if they were full strength. But without Jacobs, is there even a modicum of concern for you? Yeah, there absolutely is. Do you do you remember last year? Do you think the Jets were good last year? Either one of you? Um, no, right? Yeah, no. they were terrible. They were yeah, they were a bad, bad team. They were a bad team. Hmm. And the Raiders went in week 12. The Raiders went to New York to play the Jets and got destroyed 34 to 3 with not the same team, but very close to it. So this game is not going to be easy for the Raiders. And losing Josh Jacobs is a huge, huge deal, um, especially when you have uh, – um, Jalen Richard is their backup. He's a little bit dinged up, didn't he's play like last a, week. And he's like a bit of a scat back, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Devontae Booker is the other guy who really couldn't make it anywhere else. It's He's been okay, but not Josh Jacobs' level in any, in any sense. This is not going to be an easy game whatsoever for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, it's it, almost it, a must win. It is. Well, it is it a must win. win. There is absolutely a must win, I think, for the Raiders. I don't think there's any question about that. Um yeah, it's funny, the line, um, and we'll go with the line before the, you know, I mean, the line dropped a point. It was nine and a half um, Raiders. It was originally seven and a half, then it got to nine and a half, and now it's at eight and a half. Um, so it is interesting to see how the line has fluctuated. So it went down, I mean, running backs, you know, are usually, good ones are worth about a point or so. Um, quarterbacks are usually worth several points. When it comes to Vegas, but it is interesting that that line changed just with you know, particularly with Josh Jacobs, and so it, you're putting more on Derek Carr, but it is the Jets, yep. man. Like I feel like they're trying to lose. I mean, they might be trying to lose, though. Anytime a coach comes out and is honest in his assessment in terms of how he's handled the offense, mm-hmm. the way Gaze did, and talking about developing Sam Darnold, that right. usually provides a jolt of right. some sort. Mm-hmm. If that head coach is respected by his locker room, mm-hmm. that usually gets a jolt of performance. And as I said, their defense is the question mark because they've lost five games. In all five of those games, they've given up at least 30 points. Right. Multiple times this season, they've given up 40 points mm-hmm. in losses. So the defense is is a defense that if an offensive mind like Adam Gates is going to make any sort of comeback with a player like Sam Darnold, Unfortunately, the Raiders' defense might provide an opportunity to do just that. Right, right. It is going to be interesting, man. I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, especially in a week where, as you mentioned, Adam Gase said that we haven't done uh, well by Sam Darnold, right? Like you almost feel like 
if you're the Jets, you need Sam Darnold to play better because remember we asked Key yesterday, I said, you know, you're probably only going to get like a fourth rounder for him. And he's like, if that's the case, they won't trade him. Um, I, 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 I think it would be really challenging to have him and Trevor Lawrence or whoever they're going to draft, right, uh, on that team together. Like, I, I would be stunned if Sam Darnold is on that team next year. So you kind of have to make sure he plays well. Like, I, they've already, I don't want to say completely secured the number one pick, but it, they're, 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 they're way ahead in the lead, I think. <laughs> um, yes. So you almost, if, you almost need to make Sam Darnold look good so you can get real value for him. I mean, that's true, though. If I were the Jets, I'd be more apt to trade my inept coach than I would my particularly franchise QB, but that's just me. Right. Like, I wouldn't blow up, you know, a stud athlete like Sam Darnold because a coach who's never won anything can't win with him. Right. Like, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Oh! It's Santa Key time, and that means you need to be caller 7 at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. And, of course, if you call, you get to pick one of the stockings on the 710 ESPN chimney. It could be the Keyshawn stocking. It could be the Greenie, the Max, the Mason, or Ireland. It could be – speaking of Ireland, he sent us a text during the uh, – a bunch of texts during the Vogel interview that I want to talk about in a second. Um, uh, it could be uh, myself or – uh, it was food related. I did see that. Um, it right. was uh, so, or myself or LZ stocking, playoff Sliwa or Kaplan. So 877-710-ESPN, Caller 7 does that now. Uh, coming up next, by the way, it's time to talk about the Rams a little bit. And LZ, I know we say this a lot, but there's a big reason why this is a must-win game. And we'll explain that in three minutes. Stick around. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, time for Santa Key here. Before we get to the Rams, we have who, Scott. Laura, on the line? We have Scott Foy from Thousand Oaks. Scott Foy from Thousand Oaks. Scott, congratulations. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Uh, so here's the deal. You get to pick from one of our stockings on the chimney. It could be the Keyshawn stocking, the Greenie, the Max, Mason or Ireland, uh, myself, LZ, Playoff Sliwa, or Kaplan. Which one are you selecting? How about the Ireland? All right, let's do it. All right, brother. Well, congratulations. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'll take that. All right, sounds good. Happy holidays, and thank you so much for listening, okay? Yeah, same to you. Appreciate it. Right, you got it. Take care. There he is. Another satisfied customer, LZ. Sounds very happy. Yeah. Um, are you going to be happy with the Rams this weekend, if you had to guess? I say I will be happy. I think they get this win. I think the defense puts the clamps on an injured mobile quarterback and Sam Dar and Sam Darnold. And uh, Jared Goff uh, turns into a, a really solid you know, performance. We don't need him throwing for 40 times for 500 yards or anything like that. But we just need efficiency. And we needed him to take advantage of the opportunities that the defense would give him with a shortened field. And I believe he'll do that. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what about I, you? I am um, 
I am a little less um, hopeful. Uh, well, I'm hopeful, but I'm a little less um, confident is probably the best word I'm searching for. Um, I just feel like the the Cardinals have played pretty poorly the last few weeks. Um, they could have lost four in a row had it not been for a Hail Mary. And a lot of that is Kyler's health. But I think that he's had a few weeks to kind of nurse that injury now. Like, um, you know, he didn't seem to take a lot of hits in that last game. And now, granted, it's a shoulder, right? It can pop out at any time. But he has been so dynamic this season that he's scary to me. Because, you know, I know Aaron Donald says that, you know, they don't have an issue with mobile quarterbacks. Um, And in theory, they shouldn't. Their defense is pretty good on the perimeters. And obviously, they have him in the middle. (laughs) Um but I just I think that a guy who's that mobile, right? And look, Josh Allen was mobile, but built differently, obviously. And he gave him Big. problems. <laughs> yeah, right. But this one is smaller and shiftier. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. Yep. like Kyler Murray has got like, wow, like explosive speed. Like Josh Allen is big and strong and he's shifty for a big guy. But this dude can burn. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. so – I'm a little worried about that aspect of it, to be honest with you. And I think that while – look, if the Rams defense can corral him, then I feel good. But if they can't and it's a shootout, oh, boy. I'm a little, that's what I'm a little worried about. You know what I mean? I'm not too, you know – I'm not too worried about a shootout aspect of it because they're, while their offense, you know, obviously has weapons starting with, you know – Kyler Murray, I don't think that their offense is going to look like the Chiefs for us mm-hmm. or look like Tampa Bay for us, you know, mm-hmm. when we face Jameis Winston. I don't think they're going to run up scores and it's going to force our offense to have to sling the ball everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all that being said, they're not particularly spectacular against mobile quarterbacks. We've kept, you know, Dak Prescott pretty much, you know, in check. But, you know, we know what Lamar did to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not too long ago, mm-hmm. and that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson, we we've got a win streak against the, the Hawks, but they're not you know blowouts or really easy wins because of mm-hmm. his mobility. So I, mm-hmm. I I can appreciate your caution, your concern. I just think the defense is operating all cylinders right now. Yeah, the defense is fantastic. Um, but this is one of those wacky offenses, right? Like all it takes is one slip, right? And this this one of those guys, they got a lot of receivers. Like every, I mean, obviously Hopkins is amazing. He's a top five receiver, maybe even top three receiver, maybe top one receiver. Um, but like they got Christian Kirk who can jet too. Like that guy is fast as hell. Um, and he's their number two receiver. And, you know, clearly Chase Edmonds out of the backfield is their third down back, and he can, he can jet too. Like, they got a lot of speed uh, on that team. And Kenyon Drake's a pretty good running back. Like, their offense is, is a lot to handle, you know? It is. It is. But so is our defense. Sure. We give up the second fewest yards per game. Uh, only mm-hmm. the Saints give up fewer. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know who our playmakers, our playmakers are up front, but – you know, if, if you are able to get a decent pass off, that doesn't mean that it's going to be clean. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we're we're complete on the defense. The offense, you might be able to to like try to prick and, and try to find some weaknesses. Good luck trying to do that on the defensive end. Whether you're trying to run it or throw it, you're, it's going to be problematic for you against this defense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Greg, are, are you worried at all about Jared Goff? 
I've been worried about him since they drafted him. He just doesn't. Sweet he has Jesus, small hands. He really I has. Had... He has been consistent on that. Um, you know, even though the the beans thing was a bit of a surprise for us earlier in the show, this is not a surprise. Well, no, he has small hands. He doesn't hold on to the ball whenever in the back. If he gets hit back there, he's going to drop it for the most part. He may not always lose it, but he does drop the ball way too often in the in the backfield. And I, he's got a nice strong arm, but he doesn't have a lot of time. When he doesn't have time back there, and he doesn't have a running back to throw to as well as when they had Todd Gurley, he struggles. And you've seen it this year, and that's and it's becoming a problem. Uh, he's he worries me. I mean, listen. The scenario you just described would upset 85 to 90% of the NFL quarterbacks. If if there's pressure on them and they have no running game, uh, it, 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 that, that's not going to be a good day for most quarterbacks. You know, only the exceptional few, you know, consistently can overcome that to lead their team to, to victories. We have to accept the fact that we don't have one of those exceptional few. That's not Jared Goff right now. Right. He can't overcome a bad running game and a lot of pressure coming at him. And you can still win with a QB like that. It's just that when you get tempted to sort of compare him to like an Aaron Rodgers or Pac Mahomes, he's going to look worse than what he is. But if you compare him to the league, you realize we have a very good quarterback. Sure, and I get all that. But like Aqib Talib was saying earlier in the show was that this offensive line that the Rams have has been playing really, really well. And they they flipped their record because the offensive line is playing so well. So if he's still struggling despite a strong offensive line, that's starting to show you some some issues that are happening here. You're way more critical of him than you are of Derek Carr. Oh, uh, Derek Carr was terrible last week. I'll be critical of him too. They have a good offensive line, and he's just been awful. He was terrible last week, especially with the the running game was terrible too. They couldn't get anything going offensively. With, with the running game, the passing game, the Atlanta Falcons, who is not that great of a defense, was bottling up Josh yeah. Jacobs until but, he got at, hurt. But Atlanta Falcons, I mean, granted, you shouldn't lose 43-6, to six, but the Atlanta right. Falcons are 4-2 and two since Raheem Morris took over. You know, like, they're playing better. I mean, they stopped the run dead cold from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, and that's why that all went down. Yeah, yeah. And they can, they can score. Like, you know, Matt Ryan, um, I know we, 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 you know, we clown on him a little bit. But he can score, and they've got a lot of receivers. Um, obviously, Julio has been dinged up, but when he's healthy, he's good to go. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley is fantastic, um, and they've got those two young guys. Um, Zacchaeus, I believe, is the, the last name, and then Gage uh, as well. Like, they've got a good receiving group, you know? So, I, 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 I didn't think that – I thought the Falcons would win, clearly. I picked them. Um and but I didn't think it would be that. Like I it was like a laugher. Like I was like, what? You know, we did the crazy picks last week when I picked. You know, we had eight games because of Thanksgiving, uh, which by the way, it took till Wednesday to decipher because we also had the Steelers and Ravens in that thing. Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, I didn't think that the Raiders uh, would be demolished like that. So I I actually think that's a reason to think the Raiders will win. I don't know if they'll cover the spread this week, but in regards to Carr versus Goff, it's what I mentioned earlier, LZ. While Goff, in theory, should be the more talented player, um, and probably is, I mean, Carr at least has, I think, more... It feels like he has more intangible qualities than Goff does. It's because of the black uniforms. It just makes it look like he's more in control. No. Greg, would you... Do you agree with that, that it feels like Carr has more intangible qualities than Goff? Uh, yeah, I do think so. He just he controls the game better, and he just he's just a uh, yes. I agree with you. 
Just end it there. It's the uniforms, dog. It's the uniforms. <laughs> it's All if right, you we, put Jared Goff in a Raiders uniform, he'd probably have three Super Bowls by now. He's a better <laughs> offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, Amin's going to join us. We're going to get back to hoops here in a second. We got what you need to know, uh, which includes a great food situation that is coming in 2021. We'll explain in just a moment. Uh, But first, don't miss Disney's new movie, Safety, inspired by true story of Clemson football safety Ray McElrath Bay. It starts streaming exclusively on Disney Plus beginning on December 11th. All right, quick break. We're back in four minutes. Amin's going to join us. We got what you need to know all coming up. Stick around. Sit down on LZ, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Amin's going to join us here in four minutes. We'll talk some hoops with him for the next 30. Uh, so, LZ. Yes, sir. Are you ready? Are you a big Doritos guy? Not a big Doritos guy. But, but you liked some. it. I liked it when I was young. I liked them, yeah. I yeah. Them, yeah. When I was young, I liked Doritos. So... Do you remember Doritos 3D from the 90s? I do not. Um, Greg is a huge fan, if I recall correctly, he said. Uh, they are coming back in 2021. Greg, why are you such a big fan of Doritos 3D? Well, I just love Doritos. And it's just because they like they popped out, you get that little bit of air when you crunch through it. They're really good. They are. That's they're nice. lighter. It tastes lighter, right? Yes. Is that a probably a good way to describe yeah. it? More flaky? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where is where do you go on chips, LZ? Like, if you had a top three chip ranking, oh man! Like, it, give me the name and, and the brand and all any, that stuff. Anything kettle, right? Oh anything yeah, kettle. Okay, I'm probably going to eat it. Okay, you ready for this? Have you had the Hawaiian brand kettle chips? I have not. Oh, okay. That lovely, out. Okay, that yeah. Lovely. Laura knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So listen, you go to Ralph's or Vaughn's or Pavilions or wherever you go, right? I don't know if they sell them at Vallarta. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, Laura, you can help me out. I don't no, know if they do or they don't. they don't. No? No. All right, so just Ralph's, Vaughn's, Pavilions, that kind of stuff. There's a John's, too. Don't forget to knock off John's. Yeah, the John's, right, Albertson's. Um, so you go there, and you go to the chip section, okay? And they've got Hawaiian brand. I think it's Hawaii or Hawaiian, Laura. Is it Hawaiian or Hawaii? I think it's Hawaii. It's Hawaiian. It's Hawaiian. It's Hawaiian. Okay. Hawaiian brand chips. And it don't matter which one you pick because they are unbelievably delicious. Whether it's the uh, Sweet Maui uh, barbecue, whether it's like they have, have, speaking of onion rings, they have onion ring flavor, okay? And then they have a separate one that is actually like a little flaky onion ring with the same flavor. So they have a chip version and then like a Funyun, but it's lighter and tastier. What's lighter than a Funyun? Funyun's basically just air. Right. It's like that, but better. It's better. It's so much better. So good. Yes. The Hawaiian brand chips are the number one. They are my number one seed, okay? They have sweet Maui onion, right? That's the one that I was talking about earlier. 
Sweet Maui Onion is one. They have, who is the other one? So what's the barbecue one that I like? Luau Barbecue. I like that one. Um, and then they've got Mango Habanero, which is delicious. Ooh, so get yourself some, some Hawaiian brand chips. They are the number one seed. Okay, so that's number one for me, but go ahead. So any kettle is what you're saying. Anything kettle's number one. Okay. I like those. I don't know if these count as chips, but I love those veggie strings, those veggie straw things. My six-year-old eats those, LZ. Are you serious I with that? I love those. What the oh hell? My God. Come on, man. They Dude, good. do you They're know? good. You like those, Laura? They oh, taste like cardboard the, to me. No. On the JXX flights, you if you're not up front, she's going to run out or he's going to run out before you get to the back. <laughs> On, I can't speak for any other plane or airline company, but for JSX, right? Those Jet little string, yeah. those veggie straws, yeah, those are the ish, and yeah. they don't make it past halfway through the plane, man. Yeah. So don't come at me; it's a thing. <laughs> so, Laura, you like those too? Yeah, they're good. See, when you're trying to cut calories and you're like, "Where can I do it?" But I love chips. That's where I started loving those things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Greg, do you like the veggie sticks? Eh, they're all yeah, right. Yeah, eh, yeah. Have you had the Hawaiian brand chips? Oh, the Hawaiian brand chips are delicious, and those those sweet Maui onion ones are yeah. the best chip. Period. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. Wow. Um, so I like number two on my list is a little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more traditional. It is sour cream and cheddar is my number two. I love me some sour cream chips. Sour cream and cheddar is my number two. Like, and it's got to be Ruffles. You know what I'm saying? Like, that to me, old school Ruffles, sour cream and cheddar, numero dos on my list. Okay. LZ, number three. Number three, I will go with um, anything that's like jalapeno. Okay. So I'm not a brand person. I'm not a label whore. I don't really care. But if you're a jalapeno-flavored chip, I'm probably going to give you... Uh, try. I'm going to give you okay. a whirl. Number three for me, Lay's. It's got to be Lay's, not Ruffles on this. Lay's sour cream and onion. Lay's sour cream and onion is old school. It is an all-timer. It is a Hall of Famer when it comes to chips. Does anyone have any objections to Lay's sour cream and onion? I haven't eaten sour cream and onion chips, I don't think, since high school. Oh, come Maybe on, college. Come on, man. So good. So man, it's, it's 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 hard on you, man. That's a hard one because it has such a strong taste and a strong flavor mm-hmm. that you really need to make sure your game is lined up so you can get yeah. some mouthwash or some toothpaste before you encounter <laughs> anybody else. No, no, I feel you. I feel you. So All that's right. why I stopped messing with it because I couldn't plan out my day right like that. Bef- before we get to Amin, Laura has this on the list today, that Bath and Body Works – is having their annual candle sale being extended. Now, Laura, why is why is it lit in, uh, you see what I did there? At Bath & Body Works because of these candles. Because, so they're usually about 14-something dollars and you're getting them for a night. For a damn candle? Wait, they're cheaper than Yankee candles. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, yeah, because uh, Lindsay that's likes true. those Yankee yeah, candles. Yeah, I hate Yankee candles. She's like a candles. collector or something that's, like that. Uh, Lindsay, I love you, girl, but that's a little weird. I'm not paying $30 for a candle that doesn't even make your home I mean, 14 good. is kind of wild for me, too. I got to be honest that, with But you. that's why you really? wait for the sale. For a candle? It's $10. I mean, okay. Oh, right. I, you know what? Right. When I told Greg, I, I pictured you. You're a single wicker, aren't you, George? 
I don't know. My wife buys the candles. I don't know what the hell a candle costs. Well, single wickers, you know, yeah, you, you want your candles to be like $8, $7. But for those of us who are three wickers or mm-hmm. above, $14, $20 is about right. Okay. Right. Especially if it's yeah. soy. Soy it's candle? Soy candle. All right. Yeah. That's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. <laughs> Play it safe. Good you mean to tell me you don't know anything about candleology? No, not a thing. I go on the road. And I always bring a small candle from home on any trips that are going to have me away for three days or more. You you travel with candles? I do. I do. If I'm going to be on the road for three days or more, I take a candle from home so that it reminds me of home. I mean, I okay. I mean, I'm not knocking it. It just like it just. It sounds like a knock. It felt knock. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm trying not to be judgmental. I am just genuinely curious. Hit up a pole. Did I just get knocked? Because I felt knocked. You did. I felt knocked. Was I knocking was I kn- him? It just was genuine curiosity. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. There was a little bit. I, I know what it feels like because it's normally <laughs> me. So, yeah, there was a little bit of knocking there. I mean, it does feel a little weird. I got to be honest with you. Um, let me know when Amin is there. <laughs> Which part He's feels there. weird? Yeah. Amin, go ahead. Tell Amin what you just said to me. I don't know if you heard it. Amin, yeah. do you like candles? Candles? Yeah, are you a candle person? Uh, I don't dislike candles, but right, I, right. I've yes. never purchased like, ooh, these are going to be good for my house. I've, I've never purchased candles. Yes, thank you. Yes. I mean, I, I don't listen. I don't want. So go ahead, Elsie. Tell him what you do when you go on the road for more than three days. Oh, I, I bring a candle from home. No, come on, Elsie. I always. <laughs> Always. A road candle? I bring. I have a road candle. I have a road candle. So if if I'm going to, true. That's a fire hazard. If if I'm going to be away from my house for three days or more, and I have several friends that I've known for decades who all attest to this, what? I'm whipping out a home candle. Oh my god. Oh, so LZ, this is my question. It's. Three days or more. Now, you bring the candle with you. Do you light it on day one, or do you light it some point on day three? Oh, no, no. Day one. Oh. Day one, I just... That doesn't, I just, make, I just, that doesn't make any sense, then. You're lighting it Why on not? day one because you know that you're going to be there for an extended period of time. So before you get to the depressed, I'm not at home, you want to do it early to give I you just the make it home. home. Yeah. Yeah. I make it home right away. Okay. Gotcha. And if it's temporary, if I, if I know that, oh, I'll be home tomorrow, then I'm good. But if it's going to be like 82, 80 some hours, I'm like going, well, let me just go ahead and just make this home. So I'll go to the store and I'll get my snacks, like my, my almonds and I'm my a protein snack bars I buy snacks and all on that. The road. I'm with you. I get my that. Fuji water. I set that all up first. Yeah. And then I light my candle. And then every now and then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Every now and then, I'll go to the store like a CVS or Walgreens in the city that I'm in, and I get a second candle for the bathroom. Right. Right. So, LZ, that was my next question. You know, given the, the line of work that we're in, sometimes you go somewhere thinking, 48 hours, I'll be back home. And then something happens. Now yep. you got to stay longer. What happens yep. in those emergency situations? How do you, like, did you, will any candle do? I'm, I'm guessing... It won't. You brought a specific candle because... Yeah, I, I don't do any home. candle. 
I don't. Do so what happens deals. if your candle runs out? There's like an extension to your stay. What happens there to a means point? Well, you I go buy a candle store. that would be. I go buy a candle. One. Yeah, you yeah, go and go buy, buy one that you've already purchased before. Is what you're saying? Yeah, usually there's a um, there's a there's a scent at CVS called uh, whiskey and tobacco. Yeah, and it's a really nice, heavy, masculine sort of smell that I just really enjoy. And so I know I can always run out to a to a Walgreens or a CVS and find that whiskey and tobacco candle. And if I don't use it all up when I'm on the road, then I bring it back and I keep you know lighting it here. See that that's the part that I really don't get because I would have thought LZ, a sophisticated man of the of the world, would have had a special candle or a candle that's really hard to find or a very rare or maybe even expensive candle, not something that you would get from Walgreens. Is candle well, also code for weed? No, I would just say weed, dog. I'm, no. just, I'm just asking. Because, no, 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 you know, no, 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 in no. some states it ain't the same is all I'm saying. You know? Well, all the states are the same to me. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you saw the house. I'm just rolling with the house, baby. Okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, uh, Frank Vogel was on with us earlier, and uh, before we get to basketball with you, um, we uh, he and I discussed that, or we figured out that we are very um, simpatico here in this, where we both don't like onions but love onion rings. Uh, do you think that that is weird, or could you understand that? No, I think I'm simpatico with you guys too. In that, I enjoy cooked onions only. Okay, you grill the onions, you sauté the onions. I'm here for them. That raw crunch, crunch, fresh out of. God's green earth onion, I can't do. My father does that. My father will get raw onion, chop it up, put some lemon and some other kind of seasonings on it, and we'll eat them just as a snack. I can't do that. Uh, I need a cooked onion. So whether that's an onion ring, sautéed onion, fried onion, whatever it is, I can do that, but not a, not a, not a raw onion. Huh. So you eat onions. Mm-hmm. You just want them prepared. Cooked onions. Yeah. He's like yeah, me and Frank I, Vogel. I, What's wrong with that? Well, you said you didn't eat onions. Frank said, I don't eat onions. And then he goes, but I'll no, eat a I mean, whole listen, mountain of onion ring. If, like, if I order a burger, right, and it's got grilled onions on it, I may tell them, some days I may say no onions. Some day I prefer it that way. But occasionally, if it's like little chopped up grilled onions, you know, I'm like, and I know that's what they make, I'll be like, all right, just give, give me a little light on it, you know, because I'll have like a little taste. And most of them will slip out anyway because the burger's messy. So it's like, I, it, because it does add flavor to it, but I don't love onions to a means point. Do you, are you okay? If, like, say, like you come over and I make a pasta dish and I use onion seasoning, like onion no, powder. No, onion seasoning onion is salt. fine. Onion powder's good, yeah. Onion powder's great. Yeah, I'm with you. Onion, right. onion powder's always a winner. Mm-hmm. So it's not the flavor of the onion, it is simply a texture thing. Yes, the raw yes. onion's texture is just too too offensive to my palate. Correct, correct. Okay. I, I, and I the, would agree and, with that. And the candle conversation, are you, are, you, are you upset because you think they're all one wicks and you think I'm more of a two or three wick guy? <laughs> or is it just the very idea that I need a scented candle in my room on the road that just sounds weird? It sounds weird, yeah. All right, okay. Also, I didn't know that they made them with three wicks. Uh, that's, oh sweet that's, Jesus! Where am I in the dark ages? Yeah, have you, has no one else been through the the, the candle aisle at Target? Yeah, no, no, I have not actually. So there is that. 
So, I mean, um, l- l- we talked to Frank Vogel about a number of things. Now that you've seen the Lakers roster, right, and we've seen what it looks like, including the addition of Quinn Cook today, right, as the 15th man, um, how much better are they, in your opinion, or, or are there areas where you're still – you have some minor questions, perhaps, about their team? I'll be honest with you, I have zero questions. A year ago, there were questions that are real questions that I had that, honestly, at times they didn't even answer. They ended up winning a championship, not because they answered those questions, it's just because those questions ended up not mattering as much on their path to a championship. This year, man, if they don't win it, I'd be surprised. I, I didn't feel this way a year ago, and it's not because they just won it. It's more so the additions that they've made. When you talk about First of all, guys, you know, we talked all year long, before the bubble, after the bubble, about, oh, I don't know if they have enough playmaking outside of LeBron. I don't know if they have enough offense, guys that can create their own without LeBron pooping. Because we know when LeBron was out there, this is one of the best offenses in the league. But when he wasn't out there, they performed like a non-playoff team. And that's with or without Anthony Davis. And that's why you saw the pursuit of you know, the questions about whether they're going to get Derrick Rose, that's why we saw the pursuit of uh, Deion Waiters when he became available at D.R. Smith. All of that was chasing a guy who could do that. Now, it ended up being really needed. You know, none of those guys really panned out on a consistent level. But this year they come in and they bring in Dennis Schroeder, and that kind of satisfies that. Then you talk about, well, we lost Danny Green in the, in the process. Yeah, that, that's a uh, kick in the gut. But you went out and got Wes Matthews, who maybe isn't as good as Dan, Danny Green, but is good enough at a fraction of the cost. And then finally, and this one is a big one, when you talk about Marc Gasol, this opens up a massive universe of possibilities that they just couldn't do at the center position a year ago. Um, you know, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, they did their job. They were above-the-rim finishers, vertical spacers, as those guys in Miami like to call it. Uh, but Gasol's different. Gasol is, I can throw you the ball at the elbow, and now you're going to make LeBron better. You're going to make Anthony Davis better because you're such a smart playmaker and passer and a high basketball IQ guy. And if they shut down every option out of that, guess what Marc Gasol can do? Turn, face, shoot from 15 feet, from 20 feet, from three-point range. And that's just a a feature they didn't have at all. And then on top of that, what a tremendous defensive player he is, and a smart, uh, high-IQ defender. And then I, I, I almost forgot, Montrez Harrell. Just gives them another kind of element of energy and athleticism that they didn't – they had, I guess, in, in McGee and in Howard, but Montrez is a, a cut above those guys at this point of his career. When you think about the team they're facing for the season opener with the Clippers – having to sit there and watch the Lakers get the ring they thought they were going to get. Um, what do you expect from that squad right now? And the reason why I'm asking is because I just wrote a piece for the, the Times, and my theory was this, that the mercenary nature of that roster construction really puts into question whether or not that Clipper loss stings enough, or if they just see it as, you know, it stings for the Clippers, but they and be just fine. Um, where are you with that? Yeah, LZ, it's funny because, you know, the Clippers played really well against the Lakers last year. 
And that seemed to be the story of their season is that when it's a, a formidable opponent, or opponent, excuse me, that they quote-unquote respected, they came to play. But whether when it was someone that they felt they were above or better than, they didn't. And that's indicative of the kind of up-and-down nature of this team, a team that didn't have a whole lot of great chemistry, a team that didn't practice a lot, and ultimately a team that blew a 3-1 lead. And you know, when you read the reporting from Jovan Buha from The Athletic, reporting, by the way, that he had made almost seven, eight months ago, excuse me, more than that, nine, mm-hmm. ten months ago, mm-hmm. that they denied vociferously. And then we look back and say, yeah, he was right. And then he comes back with this newest reporting and almost doubles down with more facts and more kind of reporting in there. It, it, it makes sense why the Clippers underachieve. Now, having said that, I think in a weird way, Ibaka's an upgrade for them over Montrez Howell mm-hmm. because of, A, he's a much better defensive player, and that's where the Clippers got killed in that series against the Nuggets because Montrez Howell was getting time and he wasn't able to hold his own defensively. But then also, again, Serge Ibaka's ability to space the floor as a jump shooter is, is a huge game changer and a spacing issue, uh, solving a spacing issue for the Clippers. Having said all that, Ty Lue's got some work in front of him where he's got to get these guys on the same page. And if it's the same thing as last year where people don't feel bought in, they don't feel like it's a team, rather feels like what you called it, a a bunch of mercenaries, then I don't think that's going to get them that far in terms of their ultimate goal of being a championship team. How do you feel about the fact that they don't have a guy who can organize them on offense? Not good. I think that's still uh, something that they're going to have to keep pursuing, and, and that's the beauty of the NBA. You know, the, we know that from Sham Sharania that the trade deadline is going to be in March, so they've got some time to go address that need, whether that's by trade, whether that's maybe someone who's going to be released at some point and, and become a free agent pick, pickup. Um, and so they've got time. Really, they don't need it right now. They need it more so when they get to the playoffs and the offense gets stagnant. The other thing is, if they don't address it, you know, Ty Lue, what kind of offensive sets can you draw up that make maybe a, a dominant ball handling point guard less of a need and more of something that would be nice, a luxury, but they might be able to get away with it. But as of today, right now, George, I would say, if I'm Lawrence Frank, number one on my list is, who are the available point guards? How can we go out and get one? I agree with you. I, I, I couldn't believe that they didn't think that that was necessary. Oh, but that, I think there are guys out there, LZ, that they can get to a means point, don't you think? Yeah, but if you think it's an issue, then you don't treat it like something you can pick up with scraps. You, you treat it like an issue and make it mm-hmm. a top priority. And I don't felt they did that, which to me is they must believe the coach of Doc Rivers that was the ultimate reason why they lost and not the lack of a floor general. Yeah, like from that standpoint, I would say knowing now what Rondo got, I'm surprised they didn't make a harder push for Rondo. I thought, you know, he was a guy that could have really helped them. Um, And much like he helped the Lakers, Rondo wasn't great every day, particularly in the regular season. Rondo wasn't great every day in the playoffs. But when they needed him, he stepped up and he, he delivered. And that was a guy, given the issues that the Clippers had, beyond just a playmaker, a pure point guard, an issue of leadership, an issue of someone who could hold people accountable, I thought Rondo was a perfect match for them. If I were them, and, and no, no, just, I think Ibaka was a great pickup. 
Don't get me wrong. That, that's a huge pickup for them. But I think I would have tried to find a way to make Rondo more of a priority in terms of an acquisition for them. I mean, let me ask you this, because we've all made the jokes, and this is my last Clipper question. Um, we've all made the jokes about Paul, George, and uh, Pandemic P, whatever you want to call him, and deserved, right? He choked in the playoffs. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? Uh, and he's not a leader. Um, but I do think there comes a time where the jokes go too far. We're already embarking on a new season. Um, I feel like the disrespect has gone too far, where we forget this guy's a six-time All-Star, right? That this guy at 24 years old or whatever was competing against LeBron, Wade, and Bosh uh, and was within a game of an NBA Finals, you know, and, and being the best player on those teams, albeit not being the leader, uh, but being the best player. And I don't think that was even a question in those series for Indiana. Um, do you believe that maybe we, we've gone too far? Um, or does he deserve the stuff he's still getting? George, we tend to go too far a lot on talented players who come up short. We hear it with James Harden. You hear the disrespectful things people say about James Harden. I mean, look, he's got flaws. I'm, and I'm right there with everybody who's pointing out the flaws, but the guy's been on the MVP ballot every year for how many years? Carmelo Anthony went through this. And, and, and of course, obviously now Paul George is getting that wrath. But I'm going to say this about Paul George. Part of it is because this is the weight of expectation. And part of it is because he brings it on himself. In the same way that Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant had won his first championship with the Warriors and then just said, I'm never addressing this whole you went to the 73-win team thing again, I think people would have forgotten and got bored. In the same way that LeBron had to hear it, and then people just forgot and got bored, and they just accepted, this guy's really great. But because Kevin Durant kept talking, it stayed in the atmosphere. Paul George, since the end of the season, has done nothing but talk. And I don't know what he thinks or his people think he's achieving, but I guarantee it's achieving the exact opposite. Because all we're doing is laughing harder. When he goes on all the smoke and says, yeah, it's because Doc didn't run enough pick and roll for me and he had me running pin downs and and I'm not that kind of player. I could do it, but I'm not that kind of player. You know, I'm not Ray Allen. Where's the Kendrick Perkins? Yeah, you're not no Ray Allen because Ray Allen don't hit the side of the backboard when he's wide open. You're not Ray <laughs> Allen because Ray Allen doesn't have five, more turnovers than field goal makes in a game seven. Right. Right? And you're not Ray Allen because Ray Allen walked with respect. When he talked in the, in the locker room, people listened. And people, you know, it wasn't just after game seven where Clippers teammates were telling them to shut the hell up. It was early in the season as well. So him talking before he's walking, you got to walk the walk first. You got to win people over with your play before you can get here and start blaming fictitious reasons. I think the book on Paul George, you think about it, is this dude makes a lot of excuses. And I haven't heard at one point since the end of this season him say, I messed up. I played like that. I need to play better. I know. I mean, and it, it really drives me crazy. And people think that I'm like a Paul George hater. And I'm not a hater of Paul George. I'm a hater of grown-ass men talking big game but claiming no responsibilities or shortcomings. That's what drives me crazy. And, it, and it goes it, back. It, I was going to say, it, it goes yeah. back to that playoff moment in Indiana when he passed the ball to C.J. Miles 
And he said the right thing, which is, that's his guy, and he was open. I'll do that play every time. Then he heard criticism, and the next day he's like, yeah, I got to get the ball back. And I'm like, bruh. Yeah, nah, nah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but, but LZ, you bring up a good point. The Indiana people weren't surprised by what happened to Paul George in the playoffs. They were saying, mm, that's kind of who he is. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's, that's the book on him. And so this is something that's all. Again, when he didn't play well in Oklahoma City in the playoffs, did he say, I need to play better? No. Nope. Or did he say, well, actually, I had shoulder surgery on both my shoulders. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You could, like, first of all, you can have legitimate reasons and still say, but I got to play better. That's one thing. But right. what he's done here with this Doc Rivers shoving Doc under the bus is not even a legitimate reason. He ran more pick and roll in his season with the Clippers, than he had at any other point in his life, right. in, his, in his NBA career. Yeah. Bro, you can't make up excuses. Yeah. You, right. you shouldn't give excuses. But I can kind of understand. Like, yo, man, my shoulder's hurt. Right. I, I, what am I supposed to do? I get yeah. it. But yeah. you can't be out here making up excuses. And, and then the light <laughs> was in my eye. And then, actually, I had this really bad two-play. No, 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 man. You can't do this. You can't play that game. And, yeah. again... If it was just the one time, I think we would write it off. But remember, when he went at Damian Lillard, and Damian Lillard said, well, let me think. I ended your season, and I've ended Patrick Beverly's season, too, and y'all the biggest ones talking. What does he come back with? Well, actually, I had you know, shoulder surgery, and I defended the players. <laughs> well, no, 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 man. You got to just no. shut up at some point. Just shut up and go out there and play. Right. right. Last one. Last one for you, I mean, before we let you go. Um, I think that outside of the Clippers, that the next several uh, teams that are the Lakers' biggest threats per se, even though we all agree they are uh, the favorite, um, are all in the East. And how would you rank the top four or five in the East right now? I mean? I mean? Are you off lighting candles? I guess we lost them. All right. All so right. we'll end on that one. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, there he is. There he is. Are you, are you just thinking? No, I hit the Dog, this is radio. You can't be thinking silently for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, go ahead quickly because we've got to run. I said really quick, I would, I would throw Portland in the mix there. Oh, okay. People forget how many injuries they dealt with right. uh, prior to the bubble. And that's why they ended up fighting for an eight seed as opposed to being a top three seed. And then they made acquisitions that I think are really going to help them. When we talk about Robert Covington, Derrick Jones Jr., et cetera, et cetera. Uh, right. But in the East, if you ask me to rank the Eastern teams, man, I really think it's super competitive. Milwaukee's going to be great in the regular season, no matter what, because Giannis is the MVP and he's that good. And by the way, that's another guy who gets unfair criticism at some point, right? He's like, back-to-back MVP, trust me, he's pretty good. Uh, but then I also throw in Miami and Boston and I guess Brooklyn? I guess. I mean, I don't know. You and LZ are on that, I guess, Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's going to be really damn good. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you, I mean, I guess Brooklyn, like, they're good on paper, but it ain't going to take you long to make you remember that paper ain't how you win championships. <laughs> like, Yeah, but, hey, LZ, paper ain't how you win championships, but apparently it's how you put out your media statements. Oh! <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly, uh, man. All right, it's there like, he is. Let's let's leave on that dismount. Amin Al Hassan, <laughs> ESPN NBA insider, friend of the program. Uh, plug the Cinephobe podcast. Oh, yeah, Cinephobe. It's the podcast Zach Harper and I review movies poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. 
And we try to figure out whether they are accurately rated or did they get a bad rap like Paul George and Kyrie Irving <laughs> and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Carmelo Anthony and James Harden. All right, and you can find it wherever you find your podcast. All right, I mean, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Be good. Thanks, guys. All right, see you. All right, we are back in four minutes, LZ. We've got a couple of things on the horizon, including our picks against the spread segment at 645. But first, a landmark day. We'll explain what it is in just a moment. 